but people are, don't need to be close to downtown because a lot of them are working from home. So if you're looking in a suburb, um, you know, Round Rock suburb, maybe not as close, but you find something that a good property tax, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity because renters are going to need a, renters are coming out here in droves too. This is the Real Estate Podcast, a show by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's hear from our host, Matt Teifke and Alex Kaufman. everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. This is co-host Alex Kaufman and my co-host, Mateo. Hey guys, we had a great episode with Jeremy. He has his own YouTube channel, doing a lot of really cool things. Alex wasn't involved in this one, it was just Jeremy and I, and uh, we were having a good time. There might be a little noise in the background, they were doing some work while we were talking, but uh, we had a good time. Hopefully you guys enjoy, check out Jeremy, check out his YouTube channel, and have a great day. All right, Jeremy Knight. Hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. It's yeah. uh, it's cool that you came. Not a lot of people will just come, especially if they don't know someone. <laughs> yeah, right. Most of the time, we have people that we know, uh, but a couple people told me to check out your channel, and I did, and uh, I loved it, man. So I appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate and, it. Uh, show's really easy going. Pretty much open conversation. We try to provide value for entrepreneurs. Um, we somehow got the name The Real Estate Podcast. Oh, okay. That's and, pretty impressive. Yeah, so we got lucky on that one. Nice. And uh, just trying to have a lot of fun with it, add value. Um, I grew up in Round Rock. I've been in the business since I was 17, and we've got uh, construction, management, brokerage, so pretty entrepreneurial. Nice. Uh, but would love to, if you're cool with it, to jump into your background as, sure. as much as you want to, as far as like where you're from, you know, what, what your uh, path looked like to get to where you're today. Sure. And go from there. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I moved to Austin about nine years ago. I've been in real estate now uh, here in Austin about seven years. Uh, we moved specifically to come here for real estate. Um, really? I, yeah. I, we lived in San Diego at the time um, and I was starting real estate brokerage there. Uh, just saw the writing on the wall in California and figured uh, my wife's from El Paso. So we wanted to move somewhere uh, and being uh, in Texas, and so we we did the whole gamut and looked at everywhere to be, live in Texas and the markets and where the best market to sell real estate in the future would be. And uh, it came down to Dallas and here. Um, on my channel, I make my YouTube channel. I make fun of Houston quite a bit, so uh, I, that's partly why. I, 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 uh, I do. I do. I say Houston sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and I would. I love Texas. I, I just it's fun to you know talk mess, but. You probably feel maybe you feel the same way, but Austin's just such a cool. Yeah, it's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, after living here for a while, and then you know we've gone, we have family in all you know the major cities, so going and seeing the other cities, it's always nice to come home. So, um, so yeah, so we started real estate about seven years ago. Real, uh, real quick, I want to yeah. ask you. Um, you said you were looking at multiple markets. Sure. What was that process like for you? We're actually. Looking at like real estate stats, were yeah. you going in person to these cities? What did that look like? Well, yeah, I mean, I was doing a lot of online, just kind of searching. I was looking at where the markets were going, the market trends, and this is around 2012. So, uh, you know, we were looking heavily at where would be the best state place to sell real estate in the future, where the prices were, um, where the growth trends were. Um, you know, so we looked at a lot of different things. So I could. See, 
kind of say we were ahead of the curve because a lot of people are moving here for those same reasons now, uh, just to the industries we have here. So um, I guess I was a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, I've been ahead of the curve on a few things. So nice. <laughs> what, so, what, what are you talking about? Like well, different businesses or? Yeah. I mean, just, just in general, just investing in certain areas and things. Um, we've nice. done pretty well with that. Uh, just kind of seeing where the trends are going and following those lines. Um, you know, my, my degree was in geography. So I look at everything in a more of a spatial context. And so where can things go spatially? Um, and so that's, that's kind of what, uh, made me really look, um, you know, doing the, learning what areas were going to potentially be on trend. And mm-hmm. so that's where we've been. That's, that's cool, how we man. live in Austin. Yeah. So I don't, I can't remember. I got my master's degree in real estate nice. and uh, there was a couple things we were studying and maybe you know about this, uh, concentric ring, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, and what yeah. I, what I took my takeaway was like how cities grow in these rings and rings. Right. And Austin kind of bucks that trend in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, so it is interesting cause it's, yeah. You can kind of, at least my perception is that the circle didn't close off because in Westlake, like West Austin, because of the the money and the the landscape. And so now you're like, how do you, where is the growth going to go? And my perception is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how you think about that. Well, yeah. And and if you think about it years ago, Westlake was seen kind of as or lack of better words, where all the hillbillies lived. Mm. And so, uh, and now, I mean, you can't buy a property in the air in less than you know, a, a shack for a million and a half. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of interesting what's happened to Westlake and, and the progression of Westlake. But yeah, you're right. So most, you know, most major city components, the rich people live right in the middle of the city. And as you work your way out, um, and this is where if you look at cities like Rio and big like cities, everything's more centrally located and then moves its way out. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so with with that in mind, were you always take like... I guess, what's the balance of you being a real estate uh, professional versus an investor? Um, and for your investments, are you trying to predict and buy properties where you think that growth is going? Is that kind of the mindset you have? Yeah. I mean, so we, you know, my wife and I, our goal is to buy two investment properties a year. Nice. And so we're, we're on trend with that. In fact, we just bought a uh, investment property in South Padre um, because we looked at, you know, nobody's traveling right now. And probably for the next few years, people aren't going to be traveling as much as they used to. So they're going to drive to destinations. Mm. So we looked at that and that's partly why we purchased a, a kind of a beach condo in South Padre. And do some Airbnb. Yeah, I do Airbnb. And it's really hard at as you know, to Airbnb anything in Austin right now, mm-hmm. um, especially if you live in an HOA, you can't Airbnb anything. So, right. um, yeah, so we like, to, I like to look at the trends. Um, you know, there's some good people that'll put out, you know, uh, what the price trends are for, you know, what percent increase certain areas are in. Um, I don't really like those as much as looking at it from an investment standpoint, because you're seeing where it's already been. Mm. Right. And so you got to kind of take in and, to consideration where it's going to go, mm-hmm. right? I know where something's been. So if you look at an area that's seen a three or 4% growth, but then you've seen an area with a 9% growth, well, how much further, uh, you know, you can buy something now, but it's going to continue to grow that 9%. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at an area that might be a 4% growth and the availability to build more properties there. Mm-hmm. And what does the schools look like? What are uh, what are the trends in that area? You know, you might want to buy in the four percent growth because next year it could be six to eight percent. Right. Yeah. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and I, this might be hard to answer, but we were just talking to someone, and he and one of our buddies was here, and he's like, I can't figure anywhere out where people are talking about like theory of real estate and people that have 
gotten to a certain point and what they've learned. So if that maybe makes sense, like how you view an investment property and what your theory is on, uh, you know, acquiring properties, it kind of seems like you have this ability and uh, knack for trying to stay ahead of things, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So that's probably one of those things. Yeah. But just in general on like what you're going to pay, you know, appreciation versus cash flow. Can you kind of dive into, you know, how you view all those things, if that makes sense? Yeah. So um, I talk about this a lot uh, on my channel as well. Um, really the tax portion of that. I think that's the one thing that we have a hard time controlling. You can control a lot of things when you when you buy an investment property, right? Uh, you can forecast where your rents are going to go. You can forecast a lot of things, but it's hard to forecast where the taxes are going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something we really look at um, when we do that. As far as like my growth in investing, um, I like to look at really where um, businesses are growing because mm-hmm. that's a good trend. If more businesses are moving into an area that weren't there in the past, mm-hmm. uh, we can kind of dictate, you know, what property values are going to increase. And really, when I'm looking at anything with an investor, we're looking at, um, you know, you can look at cap rates and all those things, um, but if you're if somebody's paying the note on that mm-hmm. and you're making a little money on top of that mm-hmm. and more businesses are coming in, your property value is going to go up. So we look at more of the long term with the equity and the property is going to be in a, t- you know, in a five, 10 year sale period. Cool. I do. I do as well. And, and I think for me, I've been forced that way because of this market. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious, like uh, what, what is your business breakdown of investors versus, you know, a homeowner sellers and buyers? Is there a, is it 50 50 or yeah, I would say, park? yeah. So we probably do 30% investors, 70% homeowners cool. or, or purchasers. Um, 30 but in yeah. So I'd say like, you know, 30% of our, our buyer clientele is investors. The other 70% is people are buying as a home, but I'm, I'm even on my channel, I tell people that when you're purchasing a home, you know, you're, you have the buyer mm-hmm. hat on, um, but you never want to, but you never want to purchase a property just with solely the buyer hat on. Mm-hmm. You're buying as an investment. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as if you're buying any stock or anything, you're, but you're buying something physical. So you have to look at, um, am I overpaying, number one, mm-hmm. and in this market, which is in, incredibly in fire. Um, we, we, I always tell people, look at the trends for that area. Are the trends going to continue? Can we look at maybe where the trends are going? Because, yes, you are buying this. But the one thing you don't want to buy is a home in a really high tax rate, and now you can no longer live in that home, and then you have a hard time selling that home, especially if you buy a home in a new construction mm-hmm. with high property tax, and now you're fighting the builder when you do have to sell your home. Right. So that was kind of a bad investment. So that's why I always try to tell our clients, even though they're just straight buyers, uh, to put on your investor hat um, and look at these taxes, look at the breakdowns, look at what your potential property value is because, or your property growth is going to be, because the reality is, is that your job as a homeowner is to sell this home in five to six years, right? The progression where people make long-term wealth is mm-hmm. they make money on equity on homes, mm-hmm. they sell it, and then they go out and they buy their new home and then they make equity on that and they move up. And then they probably buy the third home there in their long-term home. And then they sell that and that's a retirement. Yep. So that's what I try to tell anyone, even though you're just buying a home, is that look at it as an investment. That's great. I, I love that. I definitely think the same way. And you know, the takeaway for me is like, although it may be an investor versus a uh, you know, retail buyer, it's all an investment. It's if, all an investment. You, if you, you know, are thinking about the way I think that you should, 
because that's what you get all these benefits from real estate. Right. And it's always long term. Right. So stepping back a little bit, back to your story, uh, you moved here from San Diego. Right. And were you, you said you were already in real estate in San Diego? Yeah, I just started. I actually just had got my broker's license in San Diego. Um, I was starting the process, getting everything going, and I just started looking around going, well, you know, at that, at that time they were raising uh, income taxes, so I think 13% or whatever it was. And I started actually diving into what the cost. I think that's what problem most real estate agents have is they they look at, oh, I'm going to start selling homes and I'm make all this money. And they, then they don't put on their business hat. And so I looked at it from a business standpoint and I looked at what the taxes were going to be, what I was going to be paying, what I was going to pay for my, um, you know, my budget. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to be struggling. Even though I might sell million dollar homes, I'm going to be struggling. Mm-hmm. Whereas I looked at, you know, Texas, obviously no uh, income tax, property taxes are higher, but you can mitigate that by finding a place with a lower property tax. Um, so, and, and just overall business expenses were cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I might not be selling as many million dollar homes as I would be in San Diego, um, business wise, I'd have a little bit, uh, <laughs> clear head where I wasn't so stressed constantly about finances. Mm-hmm. And then when, so when you moved here, uh, what was that process? Did you start working at a, a brokerage and just, yeah. You had no context, or you t- tapping into California investors. What did that look like for you? Yeah, so I mean, I started doing what most real estate agents should do, which is cold call. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to pick up a phone, so um, <laughs> I just got. We got a construction crew yeah. next door. Um, I I started just calling sellers, you know, finding phone numbers, calling sellers, like trying to get, you know, listings to sell um, and kind of learning more about what the process for investing was. And it really wasn't until like my third year where I started really working with more investors and getting more investor heavy. Uh, you know, we've sold... Um, you know, some properties to developers that will flip and do, you know, an AB unit on the east side or will buy a lot and do, you know, a three or four plex on it. So we've done stuff like that. Um, a lot of my investors that I work with, you know, we're looking for raw land as well nice. uh, to develop on. Um, you know, I would say half of the, well, of the 30% of our clients, I'd say 10% are really looking for that land. We just did a $900,000 lot um and seven eight seven oh four that they're gonna be doing four units on. Nice. Um and and so the other twenty percent or the other of the twenty percent would be uh people looking just for buy and holds. What do you see um I'll tell you what I see and then I'll see what you see like sure. typical investment properties here and I'm saying like you know agent just gets on the MLS and starts finding what's available there. Yeah. Because obviously when it's not on the MLS and you're you know, negotiating all stuff, you can get much better deals. Yeah. But I would say, and I'd love to hear what you say, like if it was, um, let's say $240,000 house, people are buying that, it's going to rent for 1700 And that to me is like straight appreciation play, which, right. which is not right or wrong one way right. or another because most likely it is going up a lot. Uh, and if it's like a $400,000 house, it's you know $2,500 in rent, something like that. Uh, and then the ones that Alex, my partner, and I are doing are maybe 170 and we're leasing them for 1600 and we're sure. putting a little work into them. Is that kind of how you're viewing uh, in rent, like single family rentals, like those basic numbers? Yeah. And what I mean, you're seeing? I would say we have, a, we have a good mix of people that are doing um, those type of things. Um, I have, you know, I, I have some uh, clients that were trying to do flips. 
Um, and I actually convinced them to up their price point and start buying in the, the five to seven range and flipping those in, in different areas. Cause really the margins are going to be better. It's I've thought about there's less competition, yeah, there's right? less a little competition. bit more risky. Yeah. But. It's a little more risky. I mean, especially if you're trying to do hard money, I mean, that's going to cost more. Um, but the margins end up being a little bit better because everybody wants to buy under 300 in Austin right now. Uh, I have probably 25 investors from California that are hounding me because I did a video about Tesla moving here. Nice. Uh, they want to buy on the east side. Um, I think there's definitely better alternatives right now uh, buying buying other places in the east side that would be a better fit for people. You know, they just hear Tesla and they're looking at the appreciation there. Um, I try to warn people that there's no infrastructure over there on the east side where they're looking, like Austin colonies. There's mm-hmm. like nothing. There's no. There's nothing over there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a long time before you start seeing you know HEBs being built out there. It's going to be unless you're buying in Maine or Flugerville or something like that. That's a good point. Uh, and we've kind of gravitated. So I spent like seven years buying two, three, four properties a year, and then I really started focusing on small mm-hmm. commercial like warehouse projects, oh, apartments. Nice. So now we're kind of, you know, uh, I'd say like 18 to 30 unit apartments that we're buying, maybe wholesaling, yeah. bringing on partners where the, the cash flow can be a, a little bit better there. Right. But it's interesting because you're right. There, You could go buy in East Austin, but it's a lot of older rundown houses. Yeah, foundation issues. Yeah. So, uh, but, and, and I'm sure you agree with this. I keep telling everyone we're in Opportunity City. It's, yeah. <clears throat> it's everywhere. Everywhere. Right. Georgetown, Spicewood, Fluggerville, yeah. Hutto, wherever. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was cool from your channel was that you seem to have a pretty good understanding of the uh, specific neighborhoods. Right. Like all these little communities, which there's a ton of them. Right. And uh, is that something that you've put a huge focus on is like, you know, Colony Hills or uh, mm-hmm. Serene Hills, whatever it is. Yeah. Really understanding what those are. Is that a big part of your business? Yeah, I would say that's, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, that's, so how that started where I was really focusing on neighborhood specific is, I did a video uh, talking about the lowest tax rates because I always want to buy on a property in a low tax rate. And how that happened is that a client who I warned them, they were buying a property in a 2.92 tax rate. It was a newer build community. And I kind of warned them like, hey, that's pretty high property tax and you don't know what it's going to be next year mm-hmm. because you're when you're buying a new build, um, you know, those property tax, the property taxes aren't set. The rate's set, but not the taxes. So they arbitrarily give you a number. Okay, you might have bought a $300,000 home at 2.29 tax rate, but you don't really know what the tax dollar is going to be. And then it was like, oh, wow, I'm paying $12,000 for property right. taxes because they said my house is worth $350,000 right. instead of what I paid for it. So they end up, after two years, had to sell their home. Mm-hmm. And, and they almost hit foreclosure because they couldn't afford the taxes and everything. All right, guys, let's talk about today's sponsor. Glenn LeBlanc and Supreme Lending have been serving the Austin market for 20 plus years. They are a local lender with in-house underwriting, so you're kept in the loop every step of the way. Whether you're doing a cash out for home repairs or a first time home buyer, Glenn makes the lending process smooth and easy to navigate. Always available and able to educate buyers along the way. Choose a local lender when buying your next home. Call 512-672-9472 anytime. And if you say you heard this ad on our podcast, Glenn will refund your appraisal if you use him. Definitely reach out to Glenn. Glenn is a personal friend of ours. The link to his website is in the description below. Now back to the episode. 
most people don't understand why there's not more pools in Austin. Um, and a lot of it's the cost of a pool in Austin is much higher than if you were to build it somewhere else. But they want specific things in the community. So how do you manage that where you find a nice tax rate that goes with uh, so your taxes aren't out of control and you're gaining value in your home and you also have like a pool and great stuff like that. So that's where we started focusing on those things. Yeah, that's a big, big, as you know, big value add for mm-hmm. clients. Yeah. Um, man, so have you uh, kind of like taken a step back with everything happened with COVID? Is that, what, what has that done to your business? And also is, is a lot of your business coming through your channel? Um, yeah, so, so I, I've had a YouTube channel for, um, like four years. Um, I was doing videos just as a, to sell listings, right? If I found a listing or I found something, I'd do a video on it. Um, and my channel wasn't really doing anything. And then, so somebody said something to me one time that there was no good videos on YouTube about learning about Austin, mm. like when they were moving there. You I mean you can find somebody talking about all oh, like good barbecue places are. When I came to real estate, there wasn't any channels. There was a couple out there, but they didn't really give too much information about Austin. So in December, I started changing my channel over to um, really focusing on what Austin is from a real estate standpoint, what nice. to expect when you move here and things like that, what neighborhoods you should look at, what things to be aware of. Um, and so that's where things started changing. Then COVID hit. Sorry, I just demonetized your YouTube channel right there. Uh, you can't say that word on YouTube. Oh, really? No, I would bleep that out. Okay. Yeah. No man. idea, man. Yeah, You're you on another level. We've got yeah, like uh... you, you don't get money when you when you say those words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's the uh, whatever? YouTube de- demonetizes for saying the word. Uh, so the I always say word. pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> pandemic. Okay. You can right. say pandemic, not the other one. Um, yeah. So uh, when the pandemic hit in you know March, a lot of people didn't think the real estate market was coming back, right? They thought it was going to crash. Like everybody was just, so I sat back and I looked and I said, well, I can talk about what's going on. Um, and that did okay. Um, but why don't I continue to talk about neighborhoods? Why don't I continue to talk about places to live? Uh, because at some point it may not be today on YouTube, but six months from now, somebody might have interest in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started just cranking out of it for three weeks. I mean, nobody was doing anything really for three weeks. Uh, I put out like 10 videos and I sporadically put them out. Um, I probably get 10 calls a day now from people, uh, either calls, emails, or straight into my um, website calling me from YouTube. That's amazing, man. Yeah. So we'll wow. do, we went from doing probably about, you know, 15 million a year. We'll probably uh, write by December 30 to 35 million, depending nice, on that. Man. Congrats. I know it's a, yeah. a lot of work. We uh, had a YouTube channel for five years and taking a little different approach. Um, haven't seen the success, but it's something that we have fun with and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think we have uh, like almost 600 subscribers yeah. and it's fun though. And, and we, we take it, you know, we will go on there and talk about construction or management, mm-hmm. but I think the specific neighborhood's a great idea. Yeah. Um, how, where do you see going with that channel? Just, just keep doing what you're doing, keep building it. Yeah. I mean, I have kind of four different pillars of content that I try to keep in. So um, moving to Austin, moving to Texas, neighborhoods and suburbs, um, so I try to keep to those four pillars of content. 
Um, I do a lot of different interview styles, uh, things there. I do live streams now where I'll bring on agents from all over Austin and get their perspective. Nice. Um, what's kind of crazy is like at first when I did that, people were like, why would you bring on an, another agent in Austin? Aren't they your competition? And the reality is, is that if I'm bringing somebody on my channel, I want them to be a good quality agent because you don't have to work with me, but if you're going to work with somebody, I'd rather you make sure you're working with somebody as good. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why, um, we started doing that and, and that has been successful. Our I agree. Too. I mean, we're doing yeah. the same thing. I yeah. bet we had, you know, you're an agent, I'm an agent. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't primarily focus on, on a brokerage. So we have a brokerage, we have agents that do, yeah. but I don't really look at anything or anybody as competition. Right. Uh, right or wrong. There's but, so much business in this. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, as you know, the, the real estate business is a big part of relationships yeah. and playing the long game. And for sure, you know, even just getting to meet you a little bit here could be valuable. Uh, you know, yeah. even if you take some of our viewers and they work <laughs> with you, I don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and to me, that's worrying about the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got it. So I guess uh, moving forward, you're trying to buy a couple of properties per year. Yeah, looking all over the country, I would assume. Or? Um, no, we're we're staying Austin specific. I you know if if you're looking at the market, right, and where the market's going, obviously. Um, you know, we just had, uh, an election. So people usually, this year has been a interesting year. Obviously we've had a pandemic and an election all in one year. Um, so really, uh, I've been very hawkish on what the market's going to do, um, here and nationally, a lot of people are 30, 32% of homeowners are struggling to make their mortgage payments. So, um, nationally we're going to see, um, Maybe some opportunity, um, not for the right reasons, but uh, we might see some opportunity. I don't think that same opportunity is going to hit Austin. Mm. Um, I just I don't see our market, even if we saw 20% more inventory pop, um, it's going to get purchased. I mean, there's yeah. so many investors in the pool. There's so many buyers in the pool. There's a lot of people waiting to pool in the pool waiting for a ring to grab. Right. Um, and so... I just don't see that happening in Austin. So yeah, I'm I'm actively looking for off-market properties as well. I try to find off-market properties for my clients as best as I can. Um, that's a challenge now because um, National Association of Realtors put a cap on how we can off-market uh, 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 promote properties. So that's been a challenge um, for a lot of agents in Austin as well. So mm-hmm. um, finding stuff off-market off is a little bit more of a challenge, but obviously you're in the same investor groups. You see the off-market stuff. Um, people are still wholesaling, so that's not a problem. Yeah, I, you know, one of my big focuses um, about three years ago, I was like, I just need to start meeting everybody. So I'd mm-hmm. go meet all the wholesalers and mm-hmm. see all the stuff online and uh, I found success with um, basically the new wholesalers. I would, I would back to the value add. I would say, look, look, I'm here to help you add value. I'll come to these meetings with you, and, and I'm literally gonna run this meeting the way I would if I were you. Yeah. And you know, maybe I'm not gonna get the deal, but I'll, maybe I'll get the next deal or whatever, or maybe yeah. I will get that deal. Yeah. And so that worked really well for me. Yeah. Um, this and business we, is a business of touches, right? The more people you touch it, yeah. appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> I always say uh, yeah. lines in the water. For sure. As many as you can. And my new concept is the, uh, the bait is value. Right. And so you can have a lot of different values. Right. And you just got to, you know, have that many lines and, and keep them in the water for as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah, and it helps. I mean, the more eyes you can have on a on a channel where you're talking about things people want to hear, um, you know, you're bringing the value to that as well. Yeah, and you have fun. Yeah, and um, you have fun. What? So I guess um, 
you know, you said you're bringing on agents. Mm-hmm. Are there are there new things that you're always testing? Like that maybe for one, like let me test out bringing on an agent, see how that works. Let me, yeah, you know, do a vlog and see how that works. I mean, do you yeah. think like that or? Yeah, I think I'm I'm past the testing stage. You know, as far as my as far as what my YouTube channel is, I yeah. know the direction that it's heading. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, there'll be stuff all. Um, consider in the future for sure. Uh, vlogs aren't, def- are, are, I mean, I think vlogs are something of 2018, 2019. I don't think they're, you know, I, I know a couple agents that do a vlog style video um, on YouTube uh, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody you may want to talk to in the future, uh, KC McCowan. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, a, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of subscribers, but that style I think for him will catch um, it's just a matter of time. Um, but yeah, we're, I'm constantly trying to find new ways to get business, right? I'm trying, trying to find new ways to find properties for clients, especially in a climate when there's no, uh, inventory. I mean, mm. you look at the market stats, I mean, 50% reduction last month in inventory. Yeah. Um, so from, from the year before it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, we're still kind of waiting to see what happened for October. Um, those numbers will come out. So yeah, I'm always looking to find new stuff. I hear you. Um, you know, I haven't really done, you, you mentioned, you know, buying, um, you know, over four plexes and buying you know, apartment units. That's something I'm definitely eyeing. It's not something I've actually done a whole lot of and put a lot of time into. So that'd be something I'd like to maybe create a channel, my uh, road to buying or oh, that's cool. <laughs> and losing money. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to help any way I can. We, yeah, have, sure. we actually have a 19 unit in Hyde Park that we're selling right now. Oh, nice. Uh, so if you go, How's that work? How does that? Uh, How did that work? Uh, so we, it's not under contract. It's, okay. it's available. Okay. It's, uh, all 350 square foot kind of efficiency studio type deals. Yeah. Asking 3.1 million. Uh, revenue is like, uh, 21,000 a month. So, so how, how did you find that to purchase and how did you make that happen? Yeah. So we just, uh, it was, that's a good question. So we have a wholesale branch of our company. Okay. And this girl named Doreen actually found it. I don't know exactly how she found it, um, but it's funny because she texted me uh, this phone number. She said, we found this these people that want to sell. I started calling the phone number, and I had the name already stored in my phone. So it's just like one of those things, lines in the water, right? Yeah. A long time ago, but I also didn't follow up on that, which which is another key. Like you yeah. got to follow up. Yeah. So Doreen tracked it down and we put it under contract and, and, uh, yeah. Nice. So, and then we've got a, uh, the other, and, and we haven't done a ton of these things, but we have a eight plex in New Braunfels and then we have a, uh, it's a good place to start investing, man. I love New Braunfels. That's so a fantastic I have this place. crazy, uh, insight and I, it's sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm onto this, but we bought this Aplex for 515000 and it's pretty nice. And I'm like, man, you can't even buy a fourplex for 500000 in no. Austin, and you're what, I don't know, 25 minutes or yeah. 35 minutes south? Yeah. And it's like, this is a no-brainer. The rents were like 6500 a month at $515,000 purchase yeah. price. Not bad. I mean, it's already, I think it's already worth like seven or eight. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had a venture outside of Austin. I'm, I grew up in Round Rock and so my focus is, is kind of a little bit more North, mm-hmm. not even cause I grew up there, but because to me, Austin is just like so saturated. Right. Obviously I, there's deals still there, but I personally think a lot of people are missing what's happening North. Right. So like when you say happening North, what do you mean happening North? So there's, I mean, 
I've done a good job. Like I know the the mayor and the city council and stay pretty plugged in on like what's happening. Okay. And there are some, and you may or may not know about these, but there's a, uh, have you heard of Kalahari? Mm-hmm. So Kalahari, right? It's a massive indoor water park. Yep. Um, just opened a, this week. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many people in Austin, agents, real estate professionals that never heard of it. And not that I necessarily knock them, but my opinion is like, I try to look at all of Austin MSA is one market, right? And understanding can't know everything, but you got to know that. Yeah. And there's so many agents that are like, I never heard of it. And I'm like, this is a massive development. There's a convention center there yeah. that, in my opinion, people are going to pick that over Austin in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you can buy houses for 230000 Yeah. So that alone is a massive deal. Right. Uh, there's a thing called uh, Perfect Game. It's a mm-hmm. billion dollar sports complex in Hutto. Hutto, yep. Um, and so, when's when's the build time for that? Because I heard that they were they yeah. were on that, but I hadn't. I didn't know. Yeah, when it was gonna be I don't out. know exactly when. Um, but I guess my my theory is like the city is very aggressive. Like they Round Rock wants businesses to come. I'm sure Austin maybe does, but they're also not making it that easy. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, obviously they got Tesla, but um, just the, like, they round up cold called Kalahari to come here. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cold called. I'm like, I didn't know that. yeah, I heard the whole story is crazy, but I just see so much potential. And to me, it's all Austin, but mm-hmm. I know so many people, friends that are like, I don't go, you know, I don't go past the wall of 183 or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, if you're trying to be a real estate professional in this area and you don't know about these things, you're, yeah. you're not, I'm not knocking you, but you're, you should. Yeah. Cause it's important, especially yeah. if you're focused on the investment side. I have a lot of clients that I'm, I wouldn't say pushing, but, um, having them keep a careful eye on the Brushy Creek area. Yeah. Downtown. Uh, have you been downtown Round Rock? Oh yeah. I mean, I love my Round Rock. Donuts. Dude, there you go. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, downtown Round Rock had one bar now you've got places with 100 beers on craft and good food. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's nice. And yeah. so if you go look at downtown Round Rock, there's a ton of old rundown houses all over. Yeah. And to me, I was just showing those a week ago. You were? <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'm like, this is so obvious that this is going to be a different place. And, yeah. And I, and I think you alluded to this or even said this, like, I think 20, 30, 100 years down the line, I mean, talk about generational wealth. I mean... I'm planning to keep my real estate and give it to my kids. Yeah. And so when you have that mindset, um, it opens up a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you can find something over there that doesn't have foundation issues, it's in good condition, rentable, mm-hmm. I would buy it and hold on to it as long as possible because I think you're right. There's there's a lot of development that's going to happen over there as well. And you, you may not know this. You may, but it, it's, you know, I, I'm a full disclosure to give out all my tips. Uh Airbnb and Round Rock is amazing. Mm-hmm. And people are like Round Rock, but it is. I have multiple Airbnb properties and they're rented all the time. Really? Um, yeah. I Most mean, people, when they try to find Airbnb, they're trying to find 78704, but they're paying 900K for something. Yeah. I mean, I have properties that I bought for 260, bring in like four grand a month it's on Airbnb. Bad. I know. That's not bad at all. And it's rented all the time. And, and uh, it's funny because. Round Rock has been claiming the sports capital of the world for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, what are they talking about? Yeah, yeah but, you have a baseball team. It's <laughs> not know. even a major But here's team. the thing. Uh, I guess if you, you say it enough, it can happen. If you go out to old settlers, I don't know about right right now with COVID or 
pandemic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go to these fields and they're they're playing cricket, yeah. soccer, football, yeah. baseball, yeah. everything. I'm like, damn, maybe this is yeah. a sports capital. You know, and so there's a lot of families and people coming for these tournaments. And yeah. I had a guy, the first day I listed my Airbnb in Round Rock from China, listed for 90 days. I mean, it's just like people don't always realize how great of a yeah. market all of it is. Right. And he, I think he was working in Austin, but it's a, a half the cost for the Airbnb. He, you know, my property, maybe he paid 4000 per month and Austin, he paid ten. Well, I think that's the thing, too, is um, a lot of the people that are, are moving here now, right, that are looking for properties to buy, that are moving here to go work at big tech firms, they're used to a, an hour drive. Mm-hmm. So living in Round Rock and having a 45-minute drive to downtown or, you know, if you think about it, everything is migrating more towards the domain in that area as well. So if you're in Round Rock, it's really not that far to get there. I agree. And I could go on and on about it, man. Yeah. Like. Round Rock is an extremely, I mean, for 10 years, it's top 10 safest city in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clean. There's jobs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of good things. It's family friendly. There's an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Um, so yeah, I live like three streets behind downtown Round Rock mm-hmm. and that was the first property that, so my wife and I moved 10 times in four years. Yeah. Buy a house. Start looking for the next, buy that, rent this one, do the same thing. And so we, we, we did Lakeway, East Austin, Georgetown, Spicewood, Round Rock. And it's, it was a process of building wealth. Yeah. And the one I bought in Round Rock was the first time I ever, like, we paid three seventy nine, And for me, that was, like, a lot. Because yeah. that's not, in my opinion, a, a good rental. Right. So that was the first house that we bought. But it was our, our primary home that we're priced at for a long time. So make the wife happy. Um, but it's already gone up in value like a lot. And so, so you have, so it sounds like you have quite a few homes. How do you, uh, I don't know if this is something you've talked about or something you, you broach with your clients, but how are you protesting your taxes on those properties? If you how does that work? Cause that's not an easy process anymore. Yeah. So, um, we also have a property management company. Um, so my wife and I, uh, started managing, my mom had like 12 houses mm-hmm. and, we started managing those houses and started building it. And so now we've got over 750 single family homes and we own 30% because we merged this company with some other guys. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we actually, uh, there's a, it's either five star or Protex. Protex. Yeah. We use both of them mm-hmm. and they just fight all of them and then they keep half the savings. Right. That's um, what I use now. Yeah. So I'm actually doing a brand deal video with them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Seems like a great company. Yeah. I mean, I, you could go do it yourself if you want to. Yeah. I think they maybe make like, maybe like two to $500. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, so that's their company I use. There's Texas pro tax as well. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I've tried to convey to clients, whether they're buying as a primary home or whether they're buying as an investor is that it's something you have to diligently do every year, especially if you're an investor, because you don't have the same tax um, umbrella that you would if you were buying as a primary. You know, your primary, you can homestead. Right. You can't homestead these other homes. And so um, those taxes wildly go up. You're right, man. And it seems like the county appraisers are pretty freaking accurate too, which is 
Well, you do you rem- remember why that is, right? Yeah, they freaking they were buying our proprietary data. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, that came out, and it's like I feel like it's never been talked about again. Yeah, maybe it has, but well, I know, uh, you know, the Texas uh, or Abor um, sued. Um, I, I think it was CoreLogic um, for doing that because they had broke our contract. Um, so that happened. Uh, just coincidentally, after the lawsuit, Abor donated a million dollars to um, uh, Community First Village, the, the homeless uh, village uh, out yeah. there in East Austin. It's a great, great organization. Uh, so I th- feel like that's where kind of the money went. I, I hope you know. I don't. I haven't seen where that has gone, but it hasn't been talked about, and they they sealed. So this is you know why I bring this up is. Um, I just put out a video on my channel today talking about Prop A and B passing and the catastrophe that's going to happen from that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and this is something I'm trying to pre-warn investors about is that we froze taxes last year. We didn't raise taxes. So property values have skyrocketed. There's no, no, nothing available on the market right now. I mean, if you're looking, whatever you see in the markets, five, six, 10 offers, um, I just had a listing and put on the market for 500. Um, we had seven offers well, well over list price. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're seeing that. And then on top of that, so you're going to see once they actually do start to assess and they, and they're going to find the data, how they're going to find the data. Um, but they're going to find how, where what homes sold for. You're going to see a huge raise in taxes next year, just because uh, in 2021, you're going to see a huge raise in taxes just because two years of no property increases. So there's going to be that. So if you're an investor, um, you got to be prepared, prepared for that yep. because it's two years, they're going to try to wildly go over because obviously we've had a pandemic and we're a little short on change as well. Sure. Uh, and homeowners probably haven't been paying their, uh, if, if they are uh, escrowing, they're probably not paying that part of their taxes if they're in forbearance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're going to come after us. And on top of that, now we pass, pass prop A and B, which is a $7.1 billion bond and a $640 million bond. Um, so, and that's going to minimum on their average or what they assessed on $336,000 home is going to be about $290. And then you add 75 bucks on that for uh, prop B. So you're going to have another $350 tax mm. on your on your property taxes next year. On top of that, this is the city of Austin, right? So maybe so 5%, something it's like It's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so it's 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 4%, but they didn't really talk about how much Prop B was going to add. So it's it's over 4%. It's close to 5%. And then you're going to see huge property taxes because we've had two years where we didn't raise taxes. Mm. Or one year where we didn't raise taxes. Good to know, man. I haven't been following it like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm I would say any scared. of your investors that aren't paying attention, to property taxes. Yeah. If you think about it, now you're gonna have to raise your rents. What is your rent? And you can't. Do? You can't. I mean, you can try. Yeah, you at can least try. from my perspective, you. You know, the rents just haven't been able to keep up with with the tax growth and the appreciation. I mean, yeah. the rents don't seem to be changing that much. So I think you know investors should be a little careful next as they're purchasing right now. Be I mean, obviously there's nothing available. Right. So really, you got to be careful about what you do buy. I mean, I had an investor in over the weekend from California. We, you know, put three offers on homes. They missed two because they were into multiple offers. Then we had to find one that needs work. And that's what they ended up buying. Mm. Um, you know, we kind of gave them like, hey, this is going to be $10,000 of the work, but you're going to probably pay 30 grand more 
over list price to yeah. buy this one over here. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you ever need any construction work, we got you covered. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. We got a really good crew. Um, what else are you seeing like that? Anything else that's that's um, concerning or kind of macro type trends that you know you think are important? Yeah, I think the property tax thing is the the biggest issue we have. Obviously, the mobility um, issue, but I think if you're an investor looking, um, you know, the place to the place to buy property right now is in the suburbs, uh, further away from, further away from town. The reality is a lot of people that are moving here. I mean, I work with both sides of it, so I see what people are trying to buy and obviously they're trying to rent. This episode is brought to you by house max funding. House max is one of the fastest growing hard money lenders in America, specializing in loans that provide you the cash needed to fund flips, buy and holds and ground up construction projects. Housemax gives you the ability to compete with all cash buyers and increase your velocity by closing in seven to 10 business days. If you're looking for cheap, hard money and a relentless originator who will make sure your deal gets funded, call or text Bryce Tennyson today. 512-627-6192. Bryce is a great friend of ours. He actually funds all of our hard money uh, loans and uh, he'll get the job done for you. Uh, so make sure you give him a call. Back to the episode. But people are, don't need to be close to downtown because a lot of them are working from home. So if you're looking in a suburb, um, you know, Round Rock suburb, maybe not as close, but you find something with a good property tax, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity because renters are going to need a, renters are coming out here in droves too. Um, so, you know, if you look, there's not as many rentals available as there once was either. Totally. So. I hear you. Well, good stuff, man. I know uh, you've got some showings today, yeah, right? Yeah. Investor or? Uh, no, this is just a, just a regular buyer. But you'll make, yeah, them, yeah. you'll make them understand it from an investment perspective. Yeah, he always, I always look at it from an investment perspective. Cool. Uh, what are ways maybe people can add value for you, uh, myself included, and then ways people can check out your channel, get a hold of you, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, if 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 somebody has uh, if anybody has a property that they're um, looking to unload, definitely give me a call. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, you can check out my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Jeremy Knight. If you just toss that in the YouTube handle, it'll, it'll bring me up. Um, yeah, and all my information's on my YouTube channel. Cool. Uh, I have a website. You can check out that too. That's all on my YouTube channel. But yeah, cool, cool. It's a yeah. great channel, man. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Uh, thanks. I appreciate you coming on and. Uh, Hope you have a great day and go get some of those deals closed. Yeah, I might have to stop and uh, get some barbecue on the way home, though, too. All right. Where are you going? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. You you tell me. Where's the best barbecue place in in, in Fluey Road? Is Round Rock out of the way? No, it's not out of the way. Liberty Barbecue, man. Okay. Liberty Barbecue. Downtown Round Rock. Okay. So if you're ever south, uh, my favorite place is Valentina's Barbecue. Oh, dude. I'm all over it. I love it, yeah. The breakfast tacos there are unreal. Yeah. Uh, People, you know... You know, you always say, fight me, you know, this is the best place, fight me. Yeah. I never say that because you're not going to want to fight me. <laughs> are they, they had that trailer. Are they yeah. moving into that building back no, now? No, not as of now. No, I, I don't know what the reason yeah, for that no, is. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Yeah. Sound, is, that, is that the only place they have? Yeah. Like, a little trailer, but it is probably the best. I, I actually agree with you. Yeah, I think it's the best in town. Um, I went to Cooper's in Lano. I don't know if you've been out there. I love that place. Really we go good. hunting out there. You've been to Opie's in Spicewood? Yes, yeah, good. That's good, too. I think Lano's is better. Though. I agree. Or, or not Lano's, but Cooper's. No. Yeah. Yeah, Cooper's is better. Cooper's is good, man. It, it's Everyone has their own taste, but it's to me, it was like a little bit less smoky. Yeah. And a little bit, it tasted a little cleaner. And then you just sit in there, that little uh, dining hall yeah. they have there. I mean, you get that ambiance. 
that's the one problem in Austin. Is everybody goes to eat, they're like, oh, it's so good, it sounds so good. Everybody says the food's good, but then you're really buying the ambience, and you're not really buying the food most places, unless it's good barbecue. That's right, yeah. man. Amen to that. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, Appreciate no it. Yeah, Have a great thanks. day.